This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. So I do stand corrected. Uh, Julia Elbaba is joining us now, uh, former women's pro tennis player. Uh, love having her on to preview the majors every time we do. We are on the precipice of one, and that is Wimbledon. So hopefully you've got your strawberries and your cream. We have Julia helping us out here on 90.7 ESPN. Julia, good evening. How are you? Good evening, uh, Anita. And you're right. Grab those strawberries and cream because we're, we're going to be in for a couple of good weeks of grass court tennis. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right, so a few things. Let's start with some of the big before before you pick the winners because you always do a great job picking winners for us. Um, let's start with some of the big storylines. And um, would you say Venus back at Wimbledon with the wild card singles entry is is one of the top storylines? Yeah, a lot has happened the last couple of weeks in the tennis world with Venus. Back in action, she's going to be making her 24th Wimbledon appearance next week, which is absolutely remarkable. Remarkable. She's a five-time champion at Wimbledon. Uh, so it will be great to see her back. Um, she just won her first top 50 singles win since 2019 just last week. So maybe she has a little momentum under her belt right now. I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, you know, it's it's always great when the, you know, Serena or, or Venus Williams sisters do participate in, in a major, that's for sure. Also, um, the tennis world welcomes back a former world number one. What more can you tell us about that? Caroline Wozniacki. She was, mm-hmm. a, like you said, a former number one player. She only won one Grand Slam, which, it's, you know, it's remarkable that she was number one, only winning one Grand Slam. She just constantly made it deep in every Grand Slam. She's very consistent. She'd make it to the semis, make it to the finals, and then just not really, you know, convert that final match. But she's just a player people have fallen in love with. She has such great sportsmanship. She's a class act. People in the locker room love her. So she did a great job transitioning her tennis career to you know radio talking tennis at the grand slam so now it'll be interesting to see her back on the tennis court with maybe a little bit better tennis knowledge you know being able to talk about tennis not just play it we'll see it'll be interesting to see her you know go back on the court after taking on that role um and then also uh, the russians being back at wimbledon after their ban last year um, so, so which tennis tennis players obviously benefit from being able to come back and play on grass? Yeah, the big two is Arna Sabalenka. She's a top three seed, and then we got Daniil Medvedev. Two players that could do well in the grass. Anita, the grass is really tricky. There's low bounces, which it's an interesting um, comparison to the French Open, which is just a couple of weeks ago when the ball bounces high into the sky. You get the grass. The ball stays low. There's weird bounces. Players get injured just because of how tricky the grass is, really. So I think Sabalenka and Medvedev actually do play well on the grass, so it'll work in their benefit to be back here playing. Yeah, if you can, I mean, being a former player in, in all, kind of explain, you know, those that have had such immense success 
uh, playing at Wimbledon, playing on grass. What is it about their game that gives them that advantage? Strange. The grass court season is just one month. So you go in the French Open, you, you finish the French Open, you ride into the grass season, and then there's no other grass tennis the rest of the year. So the grass favors, I'd say, the Brits because they have a lot of grass out in England. But the grass also favors players that love to slice. You want to keep the balls low. Players like Nadal, who hit tons of top spin or you know, even Djokovic. Djokovic has more diversity in his game, so he does a little bit better than Nadal, but players that slice, come to the net, serve and volley, that's, that's the game plan going into the tournament. You just want to make points as short as possible, transition to the net, serve and volley. And you'll see females serve and volley, men never serve and volley. It's, just, it's a different game, a different world out on the grass. Okay, with that being said, um, Julia Elbaba joining us here on 98.7 ESPN like she does majority of the time as we're heading into a major, which Wimbledon obviously is. Uh, let's take a look at the men. And uh, Djokovic, who you said is favored to win at minus 160. So folks listening in, maybe you don't wager that often. Maybe you don't wager at all. What does minus 160 mean? It means for every $160 that you put down that you feel that Djokovic is going to win, uh, you win a hundred dollars back. You have to put for every one sixty, you get a hundred back. Okay, um, and uh, and and you know, so obviously a solid favor favorite there. I actually thought that this would be a little bit higher. I thought this would be like minus one eighty five. Wouldn't be surprised if it was around minus one ninety, but it's sitting at minus one sixty. So kind of break down the men's division for us, and um, and and who do you think wins the men? Djokovic finished French Open as champ, obviously, and then became number one in the world. And then Carlos Alcaraz, he won a warm-up tournament for the grass, and then he snuck right back in. So it's just those two battling it out. And that's my guess as to why, you know, Djokovic's odds aren't as high as they are. You said minus 160. I would also think they'd be higher. You know, Carlos Alcaraz's best result at Wimbledon is round four in 2022. But Djokovic has seven Wimbledon championships under his belt title. So to me, he is the clear favorite. Alcaraz does have that heavy topspin game. So I don't see him. I mean, could he make the final? Yes, because he's playing unbelievable tennis, but he's not going to dispatch Djokovic. Um, that's where I see it. Uh, he's going for title number four, 24 Djokovic, which would tie now Margaret Court for the most grand slams of all time ever. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, which would be obviously an, an unbelievable feat if he was able to accomplish that. Uh, do you, do you expect him to retire anytime soon? Like how many years do you think he's still going to play play tennis? I think Djokovic has some time. I'd want to give him three to four more years. He oh, has wow. good tennis. Yeah, I ha- I think he has time. Nadal made it clear that next season is his last one. So 2024, we'll say goodbye to Nadal. And I think Djokovic is going to surpass all the men, all the women. You know, I-, I see him getting close to 30 slams by the end of his career. 
Interesting. Um, okay. Uh, so break down the women for us, you know, uh, all of us here in the United States, we're just, you know, we, we, we want, we want to support those female tennis players, Coco golf, 16 to one. Is that worth a wager? Julia. Coco Goff has an interesting first round against a fellow American, Sophia Kennan, who won the Australian Open in 2020. So it's not an easy first round. Kennan, um, you know, she's coming back from surgery. She had an injury. I think Coco can prevail there, but it's definitely a mental, you know, a mental thing. You know, two relatively young Americans playing against each other. Coco's usually used to playing the older, more experienced players. But she will get through that one. I can see Coco going deep in the draw. She has a great game for the grass. She hits pretty flat. She does use her slice. She, her serve is really improved. And then, of course, there's Jessica Pagula. The two actually just played each other the other day, Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula. And uh, Goff took that one, so I was very impressed. Um, but I think Pagula and Goff are the Americans to look out for but I don't think they are going to uh, be able to uh, win the championship. Actually, a quick stat here. The last um, American man man to win Wimbledon was Pete Sampras in 2000 and then Serena in 2016. So it's not looking too promising for the Americans. Why is that, Julia? Why why is it? Why why hasn't... uh you know, the United States, uh, been able to not use the word manufacture, but breed, train, prepare, um, you know, better, better tennis players, uh, on, on, on the male and female side. Is it, is it that some of our top athletes are, are just not taking the tennis route? What, 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 why, you know, why isn't the United States more front and center, um, when it comes to the, the, this, the state of tennis? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Anita. I think it's just lack of grass courts in the United States. We typically on the tennis tour have our grass court tournaments in Europe. So that's the truth of the matter. If you want to play on grass, you have to go to Europe. And a lot of our Americans don't end up doing that unless they're playing Wimbledon. So I'd say the Europeans have the big advantage just because they're training on the grass, you know, a little bit more. Maybe in the off season they'll get to practice on the grass, whereas the Americans are predominantly practicing on the hard courts or on the clay courts in their off seasons. Interesting. All right, so with that being said, who do you have winning the women's division at Wimbledon? I have Elena Ribikina from Kazakhstan because she not only did she win last year, but her game is 100% suited for the grass. She's very comfortable. She volleys very well. She hits a nice flat ball. She can mix in those slices. She has a great drop shot. All the characteristics you want to see during Wimbledon. I'm a little concerned just because she was ill at the French Open. She actually had to withdraw. Uh, I believe it was at the fourth round. And she had to uh, withdraw from some of the Wimbledon warm-up events. So I'm like, well, how is she doing? Is she feeling all right? It does seem like she is training and warming up at Wimbledon, at the All England Club for Wimbledon. So I think she's ready to roll. But um, definitely going to keep my eye on that. But other than that, I I think she is the favorite. Okay. 
Um, and you could get her at plus 550, by the way. So plus 550 um, for, uh, for, for, for her to, of course, win Wimbledon. Hey, before I let you go, um, I am addicted to pickleball. Uh, pretty much play every, pretty much play every, have you played pickleball yet? Yes, I played some pickleball, but again, I'm ready to play with you, Anita. So you just text me and I'm, I'm on my way. So, so it's really interesting. So, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've dabbled in tennis, like at college, like, Hey, let's go play tennis. Okay. Let's go. You know, like nothing compared to you. Um, but it's interesting when I play, when I play pickleball, I know when I'm going up against somebody who's played tennis because they have a lot of spin, uh, with their, with their paddle and they put a lot of spin on their ball, the way that they hit the ball, the way they slice the ball. Um, I want to learn all of that. So Yes. So you need, you need to come to Hoboken. We need to go play pickleball and you need to teach me, um, all the tricks of the trade and how to spin that wiffle ball. I would love that. And I just find it interesting how, you know, tennis players are transitioning to pickleball. And I like to kind of compare the two sports and see how they kind of work together and then work differently. It's really all about the reflexes and there's, less time to think about what you're doing of course so I do appreciate that aspect on the tennis court I would overthink every shot so it's nice and pickleball you don't have that time to think yeah you don't have time you don't have time to think about anything uh and and I I've been hit so much um yeah all you want to do especially when you're at the kitchen you're familiar with that phrase I'm sure the kitchen um yeah you just want to protect your face but yes, I gotta you, find open out where in, they came up with kitchen. Open, open invitation for you to come to Hoboken and play pickleball. Um, I would love to have you here. That's for sure. Uh, Julia, thank you so much for your time um, in your preview. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Anita. Can't wait to be back and talk more tennis. Yeah, you got it. All right. Uh, getting you ready for Wimbledon. It, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, right? Fourth of July, Wimbledon, it all just bleeds together and nothing like strawberries and cream uh, when you're, uh, you're watching the men's in the women's uh, finals. All right. 800-919-3776. We get back. We had a previous caller who called in, wanted to get my thoughts on the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, and the over-under in regard to win total for the Jets. So we get back. We'll switch gears. We'll do that. We'll take a look at the Jets. We'll take a look at the schedule. I'll tell you what I love. I'll tell you what I don't. Um, and uh, and we'll go from there. Anita Marks in for Dan Grasso tonight, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, one out. Uh, the Yankees game against the Cardinals still in a rain delay, so that has not started yet, just FYI. Uh, twins are up on the Orioles 2-0. No bueno, considering I did like the Orioles on the money line, but it's only top of the third. They had a, a brief rain delay as well. Uh, Brewers up on the Pirates 4-3. Red Sox beating the Blue Jays 5-0. Uh, the Braves open up a can-you-know-what against the Marlins 14-4. Hey, now, Rangers beating the Astros. Some people feel that this was the best game on the slate tonight, possibly. Top of the fifth. Rangers are up 3-2. Dodgers beating the Kansas City Royals 4-2. Rockies uh, beating the Tigers 5-3. And that gets us to two more games. Uh, One that's about to 
uh, tip off, pitch off, however you want to phrase it. And that is the Diamondbacks going up against the Angels. Uh, I'm going to bet that Otani hits another home run tonight. He had a home run last night, making it 26 on the season. He's got four home runs in his last four games. Uh, this dude very well. Do you realize this? Again, we've got Julian and Chantel who are producing the show tonight. Do you guys, do you know that um, he's in the running to win the MVP and the Cy Young? Like, just marinating that for a minute. Um, he's got a higher batting average than he does an ERA. His batting average is 309. His ERA is 302. He's going up against Tommy Henry tonight, who's sporting uh, an ERA south of six. Uh, and he's in the 14th percentile of fastball velocity. In fact, my other prop bet in this matchup is uh, Tommy Henry over five and a half hits tonight. Uh, he's allowed 16 earned runs in tw- his last 26 innings. His strikeout rate is 15.4%, which really stinks. Uh, the Angels, uh, their batting average, 261 against left-handed pitchers this season. And, of course, Mike Trout has been uh, red hot as well. So at least there's two hits there. So two prop bets that I'm playing the Diamondbacks-Angels game. Tommy Henry, over five and a half hits, and Otani, I've got him hitting a home run, which you could get at plus 550, by the way. And last but not least, the other game that I am playing tonight, the Rays going up against the Mariners. Uh, first pitch is at 10-10. And I like the Rays tonight on the money line. And how about this? You can get them at minus 135. What gives? I don't know. They've won two straight. Uh, McClanahan is on the bump for the Rays. He's 11-1 with a 2-2-3 ERA. He's allowed two runs or less in six of his last seven starts. Meanwhile, the Mariners, they've lost two straight. Uh, They've got a rookie on the mound for them, and that's Bryce Miller. This is hands down the biggest start of his career, let alone, again, he is a rookie. His ERA is 549 in the month of June. Uh, His last outing was against the the Orioles, where he was pulled a little bit into the fourth inning. Uh, He had allowed three runs. So there's that. So uh, moving forward, the remainder of the Major League Baseball games that you can get some action on, the Rays on the money line, Tommy Henry over five and a half hits, and Otani, I'm going to place a bet that he hits a home run tonight. So there is that. Uh, Some other news. In the NBA free agency world, the Lakers still making moves. Not only do they come to an agreement with Austin Reeves, well, apparently um, what's on the table for him is four years, $52 million. But Hachimura has agreed to a three-year, $51 million contract. So uh, the, the Lakers trying to run it back, which, of course, they had a lot of success. Also... This is a Lakers team that has come to an agreement with Gabe Vincent for three years, $33 million. How about that? Let me tell you something. Gabe Vincent was a really big part of the Miami Heat's success, especially in the postseason. So Gabe Vincent, three years, $33 million. Hachimura, three years, $51 million. And on the table right now for Austin Reeves, four-year, $52 million for the Lakers. Okay. Some other news, if you're just tuning in, Draymond Green agrees to a four-year, $100 million deal with the Golden State Warriors. Don't forget they added Chris Paul. They let go of Jordan Poole. So this is going to be a really interesting Golden State Warriors team this season. 
Bruce Brown, he leaves the Nuggets to go to the Pacers for two years, $45 million. Kuzma returns to the Wizards for 102. Um, Middleton returns to the Bucks for 102. And Kyrie, who reports were that he was going to make the rounds and visit with the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, the Heat, the Rockets, um, has agreed to a deal with the Dallas Mavericks, three years, $126 million. Uh, keep in mind, because Dallas traded for Kyrie, they were the team that could have offered him the most money, and sure enough, they did. Again, three years, $126 million. As we've been talking about, the majority of the show is the Woj bomb that uh, was, uh, was, oh no, uh, was the Woj bomb that was dropped yesterday that the Knicks are part of a number of teams that are interested in, um, in James Harden. Uh, the Clippers, the Heat, the Boston Celtics, and the Bucks are others. So uh, just to bring you up to speed on what's going on with the Mets uh, home run, and uh, I want to call this up and see exactly who hit it. Are you guys? Do you guys have the Mets game on in your studio? Do you know who hit that home run? I believe it was Patrick Bailey for the uh... Patrick Bailey. Yeah, for the Giants. There you go. Uh, Giants. Patrick Bailey hits a home run. So now uh, the uh, the Giants are up now five four. Top of the eighth. Giants are up five four. Top of the eighth against the Mets quick break we come back like I said uh, we I, I will discuss the Jets and their season expectations the over under win total all the things next right here on 98.7 ESPN this is the Dan Grasser show on 98.7 ESPN uh, it's at nine and a half okay um, and so if you believe that the Jets are going to win more than nine games, hence nine and a half, um, that's minus 130. Again, what does that mean for folks out there who don't, who don't wager? Uh, it means that for every $130 you put down, you win 100 back. Now, if you're, well, let me go back. If you believe that they're only going to win nine games or eight games and you want to play the under, it's plus 110. So what does that mean? It means for every $100 down you you put down, you win $110 back. Now, if we go to 11 and a half, let's say there's some Jets fans out there who are like, oh, the Jets are going to undefeated this season. Um, and you think that they're going to win 12 games, if not more. You could wager that at plus 285. What does that mean? It means for every $100 down you put down, um, you get back $285. How about that? Um, you could wager that the Jets are going to win 14 games. Keep in mind, there's 17 games played in the season now. So if you think that the Jets are going to win 14 games, so, so the over would be 13 and a half. It's at 9 to 1. So for every $100 down you put, that you put down, I keep on saying down a lot, for every $100 you put down, you get back $900 if you think that the Jets are going to win 14 games. So Julian and Chantel, you guys are producing the show. I'm bringing you in. Full disclosure, are either of you Jets fans? I am not a Jets fan. I am not either. Okay, okay, that's fair. So, uh, let's, so let's, let's have some fun and let's go through the schedule together, okay? 
and and I'm just I'm going to keep note here. Okay, so week one, going up against the Bills, I don't think the NFL did the Jets any favors. Okay, um, I'm just I'm sorry I'm writing this out. Okay, so I don't think the Jets did the Bills. I don't think the NFL did the Jets any favors by giving them the Bills in week one. I understand it's week one, the hoopla, the excitement, Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers, yeah, 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 yeah. But I just think it's 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 going to it's going to take a in my it's going to take a minute for this Jets team to really come together, especially new offense, Aaron Rodgers, new offensive coordinator, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, which of course Aaron and, and Nathaniel know each other, they go back, but like everybody else doesn't. Um, and this Bills team did not have a lot of change. So, um, so I've got the Bills winning week one. Julian? Yeah, that seems like it's going to be a tough game for the Jets, especially coming with the new quarterback. So I'd probably say it's either going to be real close and the Jets eke it out or the Bills will win. Okay, I, but, I, yeah, but I, I need like a – so are you leaning more towards a loss? Yeah, I'll lean more towards the loss. Chantel, more than a, more, leaning more towards a loss? Yeah, I think the Jets will not win that game. Okay, all right, so let's do this. Just to save time, I'm going to share with you. I'm going to share with you what, what I think is going to happen. If either of you disagree with me, say it right away before you move on to the next game. Okay. Okay, so if you okay. disagree with my, okay, just say, no, Anita, I think that's a win. Okay, all right, so here we go. Uh, week number two, they're in Dallas. Um, I think Dallas is going to be a lot better this season than they were last. Um, uh, they, you know, I, I think offensively they're going to be a lot more explosive. Uh, I like that Zico Elliott is gone. I think he was dead weight anyway. Um, I think a lot of this is going to be contingent on Tony Pollard being available, healthy, ready to go, and everything I'm hearing that he, he is. I think their defense is going to be good. It's in Dallas. I think it's going to be tough. I'm giving them another loss there. So I got them starting the season 0-2. Agree. So I'm assuming. Okay. So you guys agree with me. Uh, All right. I'll week no, You'll disagree. So you yeah, you see a I'll you see it. a win there. Okay. Um, week three, they're going up against the Patriots. They're at home. I do like the Patriots, but I think this is the game. I think this is where the Jets get their first win. So I have them beating the even though listen the Patriots. They bring in Bill O'Brien. He's now they have a legit offensive coordinator for Mac Jones. I think a lot of times you know we we sleep on Bill Belichick. Uh, because they've been struggling since uh, Tom Brady left. But I think this is going to be a good Patriots team, but I've got the Jets winning their first game at home against the Patriots. I don't know how to feel about that, so I'm indifferent. Okay, you have a question, Mark. Julian's not saying anything, so he agrees with me. Um, Week four, they're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Enough said. That's a loss. Yeah, I'd agree. Okay. Uh, Week four. Five, um, they're going up against the Denver Broncos. They're in Denver. I'm on the fence here. I'm really on the fence here. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give them a win. First of all, a few things. Number one, um, uh, Sean Payton is there now. Uh, I do believe that a big reason why the Denver Broncos were so god awful last year was because of Nathaniel Hackett. What, whatever he was trying to do and the offense that he was trying to implement with Russell Wilson was not working. Just no. So, um, so there's that. Um, 
you know, they, they've got arguably one of the a very, very talented wide receiving core. Um, so a solid defense. And also, it's really, really hard to win in Denver early on in the season. Now, this is week five. Conditioning will already have taken place. So it's not that big of an advantage in regard to, I think the first, I think the first like three games of the season, I think there's a huge advantage for the Denver Broncos playing at home uh, because of mile high, very similar to what we saw with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, But nonetheless, I'm going to give, I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to give the Jets a win there. I'm on the fence, but I'm going to lead towards a win. Agreed? I disagree with that. I just always feel like teams that go to Denver lose because of the air quality, but that's just me. Yeah, no, it happens. It ha- Not air quality, but, you know, I, I know what you're saying, like air altitude. Thickness. Um, so, uh, so Julian, I'm assuming you're, you're quiet, so you, you agree with me. You think that's yeah, a win. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so now one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so now week six, they're going up against the Eagles. I'm giving them a loss. We in agreement? Yeah, I'd agree with yeah. that. Okay, so so right there, we're looking at um, we're looking at two and four. We're looking at two and four after the first one, two, three, four, five, six weeks. Listen, like I said, the NFL did not do the Jets any justice. The Bills at the Cowboys, the Patriots um, against Kansas City at Denver, and then the Eagles. Oh boy! So now what happens? Right, like you know, the, the the Jets gave up all of this to get Aaron Rodgers. There's no confirmation that he's going to be coming back next year. There's there's hope, there's optimism, but there's no confirmation. And now this team starts two and four. Listen, there's been teams out there that have started worse. Look what happened to Detroit Lions last year, right? And they still made it to the playoffs. But as I said earlier. In one of my other shows, if the Jets start off three and three, I think they're going to be really fortunate. Oh my gosh, guys! Phone lines lit up. Jets fans, why do you hate the Jets? It's not that I don't hate the Jets. We're sitting here. I, I think I'm more optimistic than 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 both of you in in some of these instances. So again, I think best case scenario three and three. Realistically, I think two and four after the first six weeks. Then they're taking on the Giants. I think that's a win. Then they take on the Chargers. I'm on the fence there. Um, I, I'm going to give them a loss that game. Uh, then they're they're in Las Vegas against the Raiders. I'm going to give them a win. They're at Buffalo. I'm going to give them um, I'm going to give them a loss. They're going up against the Dolphins. I'll give them a win. The Atlanta Falcons, a win. The Texans, a win. See how easy the schedule starts getting. Uh, The Miami Dolphins, again, in Miami. I'm going to give them a loss. I think they split with the Miami Dolphins. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give them a win just because at that point in time in the season, do we know if Tua is going to be healthy? I pray to God that he is. But, man, uh, that guy just... He's just always injured, and with the, with the concussions and everything, I'm going to give them a win because I just don't know if two is going to be uh, starting quarterback for the Dolphins at that point in time. When is that? That is uh, December 17th. Um, then Washington, I'll give them a win. At the Browns, I'll give them a win. I'm not sold on Deshaun Watson. And then at the Patriots, um, I'll give them a win. So, so as you can see, I just think the first six weeks of the season, the first six games, I think it's going to be a gauntlet after that. So I've got two, 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I have the Jets winning 10 games, okay? But again, I'm being really, I'm being really optimistic here that there I have them beating the Dolphins twice. I don't know. Dolphins on paper, boy, they look really good. Again, I think a lot of it is going to come down to will Tua still be healthy come November 24th and December 17th? I just don't know. Um, I have them, I have them beating the Patriots twice. Are, are we, are we sleeping on the Patriots? Like, I think a big reason why the Patriots were so bad last season was because you had a defensive coordinator playing an offensive coordinator role, which is so stupid. I don't understand Bill Belichick. Um, you know, he's supposed to be the greatest coach of all time. And he hires a defensive coordinator to call the offensive playbook. Just dumb. Whose idea was that? Could it possibly have been his? I find it very hard to believe, but it's what happened. Um, so that's so, so keep in so keep in mind, I've got the Jets winning ten games, but I have them beating the Dolphins and the and the Patriots both times. So I just I just listen. If this win total was eight and a half. I'd feel more confident about it. Am am I confident that the Jets are going to win nine games? I am, right? But in order for them to win 10 games based on the teams that I have uh, true conviction on that they're going to lose to, uh, they're going to have to, they will have to beat the Miami Dolphins twice and the Patriots twice. And I just, that's, that's a lot to ask to beat teams in your division twice. It really is. So that's that's kind of I hope I answered the question. That's kind of where I stand. So uh, this is this is not an over under that I would play. By the way, um, if if it was eight eight and a half, which again it it, it could be eight and a half. Actually, it can't be. It's uh, they're, they're at seven and a half. So they go from five and a half to seven and a half to nine and a half. That's what the odds makers have out there. Um, if it was eight and a half, I'd play it. It's not. It's nine and a half. At minus one, it's not even. It's not even over nine and a half at plus money. It's over nine and a half at minus one thirty. So to answer your question, I think it was it was Alex. I think was the caller guys right? To answer your your question, Alex, I, I would not make this wager. I just would not. Um, your thoughts, if you want to chime in on the Jets, we've got about ten minutes left in the show, so we'll take your calls. If you want to chime in, again, the big news heading into tonight's show is uh, is that James Harden is going to potentially be traded from the 76ers and the Knicks very well could be a realistic landing place for him. Knicks fans, how do you feel about that? Also, we get back, I will bring you up to speed on the uh, the Mets game and we'll take a look and see if the Yankees game has started. They've been in a rain delay. So all that next right here on 98.7 ESPN.